Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simawong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we are here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would love for you to take a moment and just introduce yourself, your title, and your organization. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I recently joined 8x8. Uh, I am the uh, new global VP for enablement, and that actually covers uh, sales, our channel, and our customer and end users. Excellent. Well, congratulations on your new role. I'd love for you to tell us about your experience in sales enablement, how long you've been doing enablement, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in sales enablement for a little over 20 years. And my career actually started uh, in the legal field. So I, I uh, at a law school, I practiced uh, business litigation for a couple of years. I joined PeopleSoft before they were um, acquired by Oracle as corporate counsel uh, on, in the West region. And from there moved into biz dev um, at PeopleSoft and, and sort of my career into sales sort of started at that point, the transition into sales. I had a, um, our, our region in the West was probably one of the strongest in terms of reduction and discounting and, and actually in, in terms of the lowest churn in the company. Part of it was because we sold deals that um, represented really high value to our customers. And at the time, there wasn't much training being offered to sales other than outside programs from a skills perspective and product training in terms of helping them understand how the product works along the four different pillars that PeopleSoft had, HCM, financials, CRM, uh, and supply chain. And one of the, one of the asks from our, current, from our then CEO was for me to uh, travel around to the different regions and talk about how we accomplished that in terms of um, you know, not giving into discounting, in terms of making sure that our sales were adding value for our customers. And one thing led to another and I actually started our first ever global training department um, at PeopleSoft. So I transitioned from um, legal counsel to biz dev to actually heading up our training, um, global training. And, and I never looked back. In fact, that's where my career started. Um, when we were acquired by Oracle uh, back in 2004, I moved to one of our biggest customers at the time, Kaiser Permanente. And at Kaiser, I ran all of learning and organizational development. So that spanned not just our go-to-market sales and account management functions, but it also included um, our underwriting, pricing, marketing, et cetera. So uh, that, was a, that was a big career shift for me in terms of going from just interacting purely with sales to now interacting and, and working with and enabling like our entire go-to-market function within that insurance business. And I think the total population at the time was around 1,700 in, in that business unit with obviously Kaiser having about 200,000 employees nationwide. Um, I miss technology and uh, after three years at Kaiser, I, I jumped back in and uh, went to Salesforce.com. And at Salesforce, I started our Salesforce University, which um, I'm proud to say went from the five people that I hired at the time back in 2007 to, I think, about 150 people now. Um, and that, that began sort of not just sales enablement, but I also... 
um, was working with our uh, our customer training admin certification groups and, and trying to monetize training uh, and that that became um, a really sustainable self-sustaining business at the time I think in our first year or two generating about two to three million in revenue and now it's close to 500 million in revenue so I uh, have enjoyed it I mean it's 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 been a highly rewarding um, career move for me I think that uh, you know sales is evolved as you said in your intro um, sales enablement is involved uh, it's gone from pure training to all sorts of um, aspects around performance management coaching career development onboarding etc so um, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the 20 years that I've spent in sales enablement you definitely have a unique background, though, coming out of law school um, and starting with training. I think a lot of organizations, when they begin their journey with sales enablement, they definitely start there. And I, you started to allude to this, uh, the evolution of sales enablement. But how have you seen sales enablement evolve over the years? And where do you see it going in the future? Yeah, I think, you know, I think sales enablement, um, when you think about some of the tactical, tangible um, tasks that sales enablement has been, um, you know, made responsible for. It's mostly around training. It's around training on messaging, training on product, um, helping new hires learn, you know, how to sell that company's products and solutions. Uh, and, and where I think sales enablement is going is is more around um, deal coaching. Deal coaching and, uh, and and partnering more closely with HR and with marketing, with HR on performance management, because a lot of times you will hire or a company will hire sales reps with all different uh, types of background, experience, um, and proficiency, and they're not necessarily measured all the same, with the exception of their quotas. So what I mean by that is that. You'll have someone who's a really strong closer. You'll have someone who's really strong in discovery. You'll have someone else who's highly organized, and then you'll have a couple others who are extremely disorganized. So it's impossible to actually say, you know, here's your quota, all things being equal, you know, good luck once we train you on how to message and perhaps roll out, you know, some kind of skills trainer methodology. Um, there has to be specific coaching uh, that is custom to those individuals. And sometimes it's even more difficult for the managers to be able to do that when he or she is responsible for a number and is moving from deal to deal to help those deals get pushed through, which is you know sort of how they got their jobs in the first place because they're really good at sales. And so sales enablement um, can play a major role in, in helping all those different individuals with different needs, strengths, and weaknesses um, be, able to, uh, be able to succeed. And it's by adjusting how they actually coach and reinforce some of the programs that they, um, that they initially put together. And so the more and more I see folks who are successful in sales enablement, they're really more in touch with the field and they're working side by side with managers and side by side with with HR in terms of how to performance management, which means essentially how to drive performance. And the, the other partnership that I talked about is working closely with product marketing because a lot of times product marketing will put together a great 
um, you know, a great number of tools and assets around messaging, and a lot of them resonates with existing customers or with analysts, but they're not necessarily geared towards the individual buyers. And what I mean by that is they're not really persona driven. And so what I've noticed more and more is, is product marketing trying to focus on different personas and how their products actually help those personas. And what's important about that is that the the messaging has to resonate with the buyer and it has to resonate with where we're guiding our sales reps to go focus. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a mixed message if we're telling our reps to go hire in an organization, go talk to VPs and directors, yet the messaging that we're giving them um, is for the end user or for an analyst. Uh, then they're creating their own questions to go ask them, and a lot of times it's fallen on deaf ears, and that's where a buyer's like, you know, I'm not really interested, or this doesn't make sense. So the more and more product marketing gears its message towards the actual buyer, the actual persona, and the level within the organization, uh, the more equipped sales is. And then sales enablement having uh, responsibilities around educating and getting that message out to reps can then go in and, and help coach them to make sure they're asking the right questions, they're talking to the right people, and work side by side with sales management to make sure that team is producing at a high level. Absolutely, absolutely. So at the soiree last year, you had talked about the need for sales enablement to actually have a seat at the table during pipeline and sales productivity meetings. In your opinion, why is that so important? I think it's important for sales enablement to have a, to have a seat at the table um, in terms of goal setting and forecasting um, and, and in actually looking at where a company's department um, geography is hitting the mark or missing the mark because that's where prioritizations or priorities um, get established and I think if if sales enablement is hearing secondhand you know hey we're missing our number we need to go drive sales along this particular product line they're not really hearing or actually um, uh, they're not able to contribute to how those priorities uh, should get established and measured, especially if they're actually the ones that are sitting with the sales rep and helping them understand the message and helping them understand the questions to ask and, and how to really manage that deal and move that deal cycle forward. So the more, you know, the more engaged sales enablement is with prioritization, with identification of, of gaps that we, you know, that a company has in terms of trying to get deals across the finish line, as well as which products and which geographies are challenging, the better they are able to help the sales force execute against those. And on the topic of measurement, since you brought it up, what metric should sales enablement be responsible for in order to demonstrate their business impact? I think first and foremost, it's revenue. Revenue is the number one indicator of success for any company, whether public or private. Um, and behind that is repeatable revenue. So the ability to, you know, consistently hit a number and, and grow that number. Um, so knowing that revenue is important, uh, but revenue sometimes is, is a lagging indicator, right? Because you don't measure it until it's come in. The things that sales enablement needs to focus on in order to achieve that revenue number um, are the things that, that lead up to that. To that revenue attainment and those things are um, pipeline pipeline growth 
um, strong pipeline versus weak pipeline, meaning, you know, having deals with the right personas uh, uh, established to go after, um, pipeline that's filled with high profile um, or high probability customers, which means like customers that the company wants to do business with versus just random companies in the pipeline um, with, you know, either no possibility of of doing business with that company or um, not a company that the organization wants to close um, as a customer. And then the other, the other indicator that I think is really important is, is activity, level of activity. You can now measure within Salesforce um, how, how many contacts uh, a sales rep has in each account and how often the sales rep is engaging with them. There, there you know, there, there's, you know, AI software that can actually go and scrape Salesforce and um, the the local intranet for the company's email servers, and be able to 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 provide an answer on how many people that rep has emailed and and how many people have emailed him him or her back, um, and how you know how long those conversations have been and 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 how frequent. So. That activity-based measurement is another indicator, uh, leading indicator of success in terms of revenue attainment. I think those two are probably the biggest. And then there's others that, that you know, traditionally have shown that a rep understands how to successfully sell, and that's um, through certification on, on you know, uh, delivering a pitch deck, delivering an elevator pitch, on showing the company that he or she successfully understands the methodology and can can navigate uh, a deal through the sales process. I think those um, are more tactical than strategic or leading indicators. But I would say those three are probably the most the most relevant in terms of leading up to that that one true measurement of success, which is revenue. And as the sales enablement function evolves, do you see these success metrics changing much? It's a great question. I think I think the other things that will come into play as we get into an even more competitive market, competitive for talent as well, is um, uh, career progression for you know for SDRs and AEs um, retention of those resources and employee satisfaction. Um, I think you could do all the, you know, all the things we talked about earlier, but if you are constantly losing good people, um, it makes it challenging to then go back and have to retrain um, and sort of re-enable those new hires to be able to get to where the folks are that you lost. So, that's another thing that I haven't talked about, and that's I think sales enablement uh, also needs a seat at the table because the sales enablement function can have a positive or negative impact on the culture of sales and the culture of the organization. I absolutely think that's critical in today's uh, sales talent market, especially um, unemployment's at an all-time low, and finding great sales talent is a hard thing to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. So last question for you, because beyond being a sales enablement practitioner, you also have a background in consulting and advising. So how has that experience influenced your approach to sales enablement? 
you know, I think uh, it's it's impacted my approach um, in a big way, and I and I I think the main reason is that as a consultant, I'm I'm constantly looking to solve a problem or solve a series of problems, and I think that is a best practice approach for sales enablement. A lot of times, people are hired into a sales enablement role and are waiting to to hear what their mandate is. Um, versus seeking to solve the problems that the sales organization has. If, if, if you go into, and I teach this to salespeople all the time, is like if you go into an organization um, and you go in looking to help them to solve a problem, become a trusted advisor, I know it's cliche, but it's so true, become that added value consultant, you take a different approach and your questions um, are more genuine and relevant and you're seeking to learn uh, to see whether or not you can help them. And I think as a consultant, one of the things I've learned is everybody has a different need, different problem, different background, different perspective. And I, it's my job to understand what their problem is and how they're looking at that problem and how they're looking to solve to solve for it. Because they've got a whole different um whole different environment than than others. So they're, they may have a brand new sales force and a very weak manager uh, and a really strong product. Or it could be the complete opposite. Their product is not as good. It needs to get better. But their sales team is really strong. They're very seasoned. Um, they're frustrated. They might leave. But we need to, to, to give them some, some incentive to stay. Um, and so the approach to solving the problem um, of generating revenue using the team that they've got is going to be really different. And so, and how that, that leader, you know, that group of leaders um, is trying to solve it is going to be important because then we can kind of attack the solution as opposed to, uh, hey, tell me who I need to train and, and tell me what things I need to check off so that I can show my value to the organization as a sales enablement slash sales trainer, um, which I think is noble but 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 really not not a true value add absolutely that's absolutely true well thank you so much edwin i really appreciate your time today you're very welcome to our audience thanks for listening for more insights tips and expertise from sales enablement experts please visit salesenablement.pro if there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to learn more about please let us know we'd love to hear from you